Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to TC Live on a Thursday night in Canada. The women wrapping up play in Montreal. The men in Toronto. Some quarterfinal spots on the line as we are less than three weeks until the year's final major. Here's what we have coming up over the next half hour. It was a day of upsets in Toronto. Multiple underdogs are moving on. While it's on to Cincinnati for several of the top seeds. Plus, the toughest opponent this week in Montreal continues to be Mother Nature. World number one Iga Sviantec and others having to deal with extended rain delays. And it's more tough news for Nick Kyrgios. Why the Big Apple will be a little less box office and when we may see the Aussie back on court again. Come on into our studios here in Santa Monica, California. Steve Weissman in between the Andes once again. Andrea Petkovic to my left. We got Hall of Famer Andy Roddick in a new location in his home on my right. Where are you at, Andy? Uh, I'm in New York, Steve. But more importantly, I am excited to be with you all tonight. All right. I did totally a new destination for Roddick. How about Danielle Collins, the first qualifier since 2019 to make the quarterfinals in Canada? Well, she's looking absolutely ruthless, especially on that backhand side. But when Danielle is playing well, that is a side to behold. I love seeing her play well. I love the fist bombs, the double fist bombs, the triple fist bombs. Love it. I maybe, love we'll that get, maybe we'll get a quadruple <laughs> fist bomb in the quarterfinals. The Danimal has been unleashed. We start our highlights with the world number one in Toronto. That is Carlitos Alcaraz taking on last year's finalist, Hubie Hercot Chandy. This one had a little bit of everything. It, it had a little bit of everything. It was like a roller coaster ride mixed with a heart rate monitor. Uh, but we don't see him do often, Alcaraz these days, is miss rally balls in the net. Normally it's hyper aggressive and misses long. And Hercot, we know, has a thumper speed. Guys, one of the biggest serves on tour. He likes this service, but what do we know about Chucky Alcaraz? Down a set, down a break, not playing well. The guy will keep fighting. We are watching his tennis IQ grow in real time. It is an absolute pressure. We know that this guy is going to step up when he needs to, and we see him starting to figure out the pacing, right? I'm going to pass you, and I'm going to yell about it. I'm going to scream at people. I might lose my serve. Hercotch might step in and break me when I'm serving for it, but I will figure out a way. Winning two breakers in the second set, in the third set, doesn't have his best stuff so far uh, in Canada this year. The guy is just figuring out a way to win. It is contagious in his camp right now. It certainly is, and the crowd absolutely loves it. Alcaraz has now won his last five tiebreakers. And check this out, 14 wins in a row, a tour leading 49th overall. That streak started on June 20th. The Wimbledon champ with wins over Holgaruna, Daniil Medvedev, and Novak Djokovic. Let's hear from Carlitos. All I was thinking is to stay, to stay calm, trying to, you know, find a way to 
to overcome the problems, you know, and uh, find the, the the good feeling again. And that's a tough moment. You have to to believe in yourself, uh, try to to go for it. Doesn't matter if you win or not. You know, you you have to to believe. You are going to to play your best in that in that moment to try to to play aggressive. And I think that in the two tiebreaks I, I did uh, pretty well. Uh, that's why I I got the win. Got to believe. He served for the match twice up 5-2, could not close it out until the tiebreak. We just heard Andy Roddick during that highlight say we are seeing his tennis IQ grow in real time. What did you learn calling this match about Carlitos Alcaraz? So, first of all, he did. Uh, he played three tiebreaks so far, and in the three tiebreaks, he hasn't missed the ball, whereas throughout the entire match, he's looked really dodgy. So that's showing you already that he has that champion's mentality, and he will play well when it matters the most. And I have one question. Do we think he sometimes just gets bored? Because at 5-2 in the third set, he really just looked like... Ah, I, I might mix it up a little bit, make it a bit spicy, get the crowd involved. It was too boring so far. Sometimes I really, and I don't even think it's, it's a conscious thing. I just think that sometimes he gets bored by being so good, and then he has to mix it up a little bit. <laughs> what do you think about that, yeah. Andy? Does the Chuckster get bored out there? It's a problem that most of us don't have to deal with, I guess. Uh, you know what? The, the, he plays high-risk tennis, right? So he's going to hit winners in bunches. He's going to make errors in bunches. The most important part is, listen, Hubert Hurkacz is a quality opponent, especially on a quicker hardcourt, former Miami Open champion. And this kid is just figuring out, listen, I can blow a lead where I'm up 5-2 in the third. I can, in the same match, I can come down from a set and a breakdown. And when push comes to shove, when I need to step up in these tiebreakers, Listen, I may have missed the last four or five field goal attempts, Steve, and I still want the ball and I still want to put it up uh, at the end of a game. Most of us dummies don't figure this out until we're 24, 25, 26 years old. We're literally watching greatness happen in real time where he's going plan B, plan C. Maybe if I hang on to that long enough, I can find plan A again later in the match. And the guy is just winning. It's contagious. You can see it. When it's two all in a breaker, he's like, I'm still going to step up and hit my shot. And I think I'm going to make it more often than not. Just a pleasure to watch. I, I, I kind of like watching people play average and win more often than when they're just dominant. You know, it's, it's just it's so impressive. It really is. I want Carlos Alcaraz lining up for that game-winning field goal. I want him taking that yeah. final shot because all he does is win. Still alive for his yeah. seventh title of the season. Meantime, we have the seventh meeting between Taylor Fritz and Alex Diminor. They have split the previous six, Andy, but Fritz had won the last three coming into this one. Speaking of leads, uh, this is like when you're watching this from real time, looks like a nondescript point. I'm up 5-1, miss a shot. Not that big of a deal. Fast forward six all. Wait, now I'm having to save set points. You've got to close out those sets if you're Taylor Fritz and you want to make the next step into that top five, top three, competing at the tail end of Grand Slams. Let's that set go. You can see the frustration with the Fritz. You can see the Demonor, and rightfully so, is pretty proud of himself for doing that. Credit to Fritz for stepping back in, resetting, finding his pacing again, and, and kind of just problem solving there in that second set after the disappointment of the first coming forward. Not something we see too often from Taylor. Figures out a way to get through that second set, but then it was all downhill skiing for the Demon uh, in that third set, making Taylor play, putting it at his shoe tops uh, with the passing shot, and then letting momentum uh, take him to the finish line. 
disappointing result for Taylor Fritz, but the demon is just finding a way. Been an annual top 20 guy. Now probably has his eyes on top 10, top 8. Who knows? Maybe a deep slam run coming up for the Demon. Yeah, why not? Ninth quarterfinal of the season for Alex Demonor. Well, it was exactly two months ago. Iga Sviantek and Karolina Mukhova met in the final at Roland Garros. Sviantek took the title in three sets for her third French title, fourth major overall. And the rematch in a French-speaking part of Canada. Montreal, this is the fifth time the Roland Garros finalists will face off at this event, Andrea. Well, the French would disagree with you on that. That is French, what they, the people in Montreal speak. But Iga came out red hot and firing in that first set. She looked unstoppable. But Karolina Mukhova is turning out to be a challenging opponent for Iga. She has all the shots in the repertoire. She can mix up the pace. She can accelerate. She has that beautiful backhand down the line that she can take whenever she wants. And she runs away with the second set. A very rare miss from Iga with the forehand from mid-court when she has time. But then in the third set, and you mentioned it, Steve, the biggest opponent today was the weather. This match was interrupted by rain over and over and over again. And in the end, Iga was the steadier one and gets the win. And with that win, guaranteed to remain number one next week. 72nd week at the top. That passes Caroline Wozniacki for 10th most all-time. Top two American-ranked women on a collision course. First, we've got Jesse Pagula taking on Jasmine Paulini. Andrea. And these two came out to play. Look at this rally. And if you thought this was crazy, these girls really came to play because there was volleying, there was lobbying, there was uh, shot making. So everything was there. And it was a really, really tight first set. But Jess was the more consistent player and she won it. And in the second set, the shot making did not stop. Did not stop. But Jessica stopped less. And in the second set, it was a much more straightforward situation. And she did not lose another game in that third set. Played so well in that second set. Now gets Coco Goff next. It's going to be very interesting one between doubles partners. Yeah, let's see how they got it done. Tenth quarterfinal of the season for Jesse Pagula. She is always in that last eight club. Meantime, Coco Goff wrote on her Instagram, uh, three court changes, eight hours of rain, one nap, a couple card games, a lot of waiting, and a dub. How did she get it done in this one against Katie Bolter? Well, she has been looking incredible ever since the first match in Washington, D.C. Her serve, she's just taking more risks on that first serve when it's important, and it's really paying off. I always felt like serve or the way you're serving will infect your whole game, and it can also infect your whole game in a positive manner. It's like a virus that spreads, right? And it, she has just been so much more aggressive, especially in that second set. She came in with a very clearly prepared game plan. She knew Vondrushova likes to defend with slices, and Coco went into the net, took those slices, fished them out of the air, and made Vondrushova... I don't know what she made Vondrushova look like. Sad? Ma Disappointed? Forget about winning Wimbledon, I, I guess. Hopefully uh, not. <laughs> uh, six straight win for, for Coco Goff in this one. So we get that quarterfinal that we talked about. Coco Goff, Jesse Pagula, they're already into the quarterfinals in doubles together, Andy. Uh, they're the defending champions in doubles in Canada, in fact. In, in the first round match, Coco hit Jesse in the back with a serve. So there's going to be a little extra motivation for Pagula. Who do you think wins this match? <laughs> I mean, you got to go with form, right? I mean, Coco Golf, 
uh, since kind of putting a new team together, Per Reba and, 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 and Brad Gilbert, is really just opening up the shoulders on, on cross-court balls, right? Not trying to force lines and not taking, you know, cuts from the wrong positions, playing defense when she's supposed to, stepping in, just absolutely swinging out of her shoes in the backhand side and sticking that forehand cross-court and just daring someone to try to create something against her speed uh, when she is creating that pace. Now, Jess Pagula can rally cross-court all day, so, you know, it, it will be an interesting matchup, but Coco Goff going big on second serves, running in, into the body, hitting more pace, but giving herself a little bit more margin. I love what she's been doing. It's a very uh, seemingly deliberate uh, tactical change with saying, listen, I'm just going to come out of my shoes. I'm going to create pace. I'm going to go deep. And instead of retrieving off of kind of off off pace shots, she's really just driving the ball through the court and challenging her opponents to create from rough positions. So I love what Coco Goff has been doing the last couple of weeks. I mean, she's barely being challenged in sets the last 10 days. Yeah, and I agree with Andy 100%. I think we saw it today with Vondrushova a little bit. She came out with a clear game plan. She thought, if I hit it to Coco's forehand, I will get a short, short one and I can do something with it. And you can just see her getting more and more confused by the points as the points unfolded because all of a sudden she didn't get those short balls. She didn't get those unforced errors. Instead, she kept finding herself on the back foot over and over again. And you can see just the confusion in her mind because she was prepared for something completely else and the question will be can Jess Pegula hit her backhand down the line if she can find that shot I think that's her best shot if she can find that shot and if she feels it really well she will have a chance but I'm leaning slightly towards Coco Goff as well. All right. Coco beat Jesse earlier this year in Eastbourne 1-1 head-to-head top two ranked Americans in all the land going at it the quarterfinals in Canada much more still to come here on TC Live we've got Chanda's FanDuel pick of the day and would the elder millennial of the draw make his way into the quarterfinals? Gamal plays Mofi's plan for all the 1980s babies out there. Highlights on the way. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Andy, Andy, and Steve back on TC Live. A reminder to click on this QR code on your screen. It is time for our TennisPoint.com gear spotlight, and we are focusing on this Wilson Shift V1 racket. It's brand new, the Wilson Shift, catering to more spin-friendly players. And guess what? Spin is in. Wilson's technology allows the frame to be stable at contact, which helps generate launch angle and spin, creating more spin leads to more ground strokes, more forehands, more backhands, and more fun. So shop now with this QR code or at TennisPoint.com for the Wilson Shift V1. Andrea, you have been a Wilson player for quite some time. uh, listen, Steve, I always assumed you just hired me for decoration. (laughs) Now I'm sure that I was just hired for decoration. So here's me modeling a Wilson racket. Andy, do you think you could have won more slams with a Wilson racket? 
Oh, I, I, I mean, I, I'm open for anything, but <laughs> what I do know is that I need something. I need a lot of help now, and maybe that's the maybe maybe, maybe that's the that maybe that's what will heal my game these days. <laughs> they say it's spin and power in a controlled package. The the shift. Is that what you're looking for, Andreas? Spin and power? How do I spin? I have though? never been looking for any spin, so this is not the record. <laughs> <laughs> I like I, I like the I like the part, Steve, where you're like more forehands, more backhands, more of a like it, 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 it's a lot of more. <laughs> but wait, there's more. I mean, <laughs> this is our infomercial time. You know what I'm saying? All right, first match yeah. on center court in Toronto today. The home favorite, Milos Raonic, American Mackie McDonald, going at it, Andy. Yeah, and listen, when you're Milos Randich and you're still kind of fighting your way back to, to being in full tennis shape, unbelievable that he's won a couple matches, uh, especially that win over first round Tiafo, but you just don't know how the body's going to hold up. Didn't seem like he was moving and serving totally fluently. Mac and McDonald was surgeon-like, just dissecting Milos Randich and playing to the corners. Served well, did what he had to. Dominant performance for Mackey. First Masters quarterfinal for the former UCLA star, and that win to the joy of Chanda Rubin and chagrin of Andrea Petkovic. Chanda picked Mackey yesterday, now 3-0 and <laughs> this week. Petko 0-2 and going against Chanda. I mean, can you believe it? Smart people learn from their mistakes. I do not learn from their mistakes, so make your own conclusion from there on who bets against Chanda. Not smart people, and I won't do that anymore, and Chanda picks... Arena Sabalenka. So I will pick Arena Sabalenka. Yeah, you've learned your lesson. <laughs> I have learned my lesson. Don't, don't take any more L's like a champ. Just, <laughs> just be a champ, Andrea. Still to come after reaching his first Grand Slam final last year, see why Nick Kyrgios will have another major disappointment this season. Petkovic, Roddick Weissman back on TC Live as we head back to the six. Gael Malfis coming off the upset of Stefano Tsitsipas, Andrea. Trying to reach his first tour-level quarterfinal since last year's Australian Open, facing Alexander Vukic. Well, and he's either inspired by his wife or a little bit annoyed that she got all the attention as of now. And he wants to make this tennis story of the year. And he brought Vukic to sheer desperation by retrieving ball after ball after ball after ball. And in the end, Vukic just had to miss eventually because he was just getting everything back. And that's what I love about Monfils. He just adapts his game plans. Yesterday, he was so much more aggressive because he knew he had to be against Tsitsipas and today making the balls, making the balls, and making the balls. So, so he's like playing with the Wilson ship. More forehands, more backhands, more rally, <laughs> more, more, and more from Monfils. Nine aces, only dropped four points on his first serve. 18th Masters 1,000 quarter. And then one of these two Americans going to make the final eight, Andy. Tommy Paul looking to do it for a second straight year in Canada. Marco Scarone going for his first quarter at a Masters 1,000. Yeah, and, and Tommy Paul is made or, or broken by his, his forehand. And today, it was in full flight, just taking absolute cuts. Marcus Jerome did a great job yesterday of kind of game planning against uh, Holger Rinna. For some reason, that's a good matchup for him. Tommy Paul completely controlled the center of the court uh, all day. Jerome not able to get away with shots like that. Tommy Paul just stepping in, getting that front foot board, and just drilling the forehand uh, to the corners. Jerome spent most of the day today just shaking his head. And that 
is one of those ones where you go, it might not be my day. Credit to Tony Paul, looked great today, and he is moving on to the last eight. Second straight year, TP is a PT peer. As we take a look at the draw in Toronto, it is all filled out. Tommy Paul going to take on the world number one, Carlos Alcaraz. Malfis facing Sinner. Andy Murray had to withdraw from his match against Yannick Sinner with an abdominal strain. Then we got Mackie McDonald against Alejandro Davidovich Fokina. Alex Dimonor against Daniil Medvedev. Time now to see what's trending on social media. Nick Kyrgios has withdrawn from both Cincinnati and the U.S. Open. He is still suffering from the wrist injury that forced him to pull out of Wimbledon. Andy, what is your reaction to this news? You know, unfortunately, it's not surprising at this point anymore. I mean, I choose to focus more on like what I want from Nick Kyrgios, right? I hope we can get that run where he comes back and is fully fit, fully focused. We saw a bit of it last year from Wimbledon through the U.S. Open. But at that point, he kind of played his way into shape, right? He had matches. And by the end of Washington, won singles and doubles. I hope he commits. I would love to see the product that he would be able to commit, uh, produce if he actually committed for an extended period of time. I hope he gets healthy. We're all better when he's in the game and can watch his brilliance. And I hope we can see Pete Kyrgios uh, at some point in his career. Please, please, please just do it for us one time, Nick. Well, and who knows, maybe this is the break he needed to reset, to just uh, miss tennis a little bit. I know he doesn't love it particularly, but maybe he will miss it after all. Sometimes we need to be deprived of the thing we love most before we know that it's really our thing. He did write on his Instagram that he is heartbroken, but wanted to remind people that he has a protected ranking of 21. So when he chooses to be back, he'll be where he belongs. Made the quarterfinals in New York last year has now missed every major in 2023, but that gives him time to get a little extra ink there, Petko. What do you, what do you think of the uh, the tattoos? Well, I'll be honest, the first time I saw it, I was convinced this was an AI-generated thing. You know, when they put that uh, down jacket on the Pope, that white down jacket on the uh, Pope Francis, I was convinced that was it, but clearly it's not, or maybe it is, I'm hoping. No, I think it's, it's like it all is. the Pokemon. Please. I think it's, it's all Pokemon characters. Big into that, Andy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, like, regretted wearing a visor for two years, so I hope this isn't uh, something he regrets uh, in the future. But That was your I best care. look, I... Andy. How can you regret something that made you a breakout star? Well, maybe I maybe I only choose to regret it now because I, the lettuce was was prime prime then, and it's maybe struggling now. But uh, one of the things, listen, I don't care as much about the sensationalism around Nick Kyrgios, the celebrity around Nick Kyrgios. His game, maybe throw Alcaraz into the mix now, but he's as talented as the big three uh, were. He, he's as talented as Alcaraz is, and I just hope at some point we see it in full flight. Uh, unfortunate tattoos or not. Get healthy soon, Nick. Friday schedule, noon Eastern, live on Tennis Channel. And then Bally's and T2 at 1 Eastern. I have not looked at the announce schedule yet, but I have a hunch, Andrea, that you're back with me and Andy tomorrow. Got a hunch. We'll be back with the hot <laughs> shot after this. Time for our hot shot of the day. Surprisingly, it is not Gal Monfils, Andy. Yeah, it's the other one who always makes the hot shot, Carlos Alcaraz. And Steve, 
like this kid, the stab return is one thing, because that is a heck of a serve to QB Paracotch. And then to cover that amount of ground and to hit a winner where you hit it by the guy 60. But look at the pacing into this run. He times the run so he's on the right foot, able to flick it, and then looks at his box and says, I'm getting good real quick, everyone. <laughs> Vamos! Or something like that. I don't know. That's right. Vamos with a beat. Uh, Friday, noon Eastern. Look at this slate of matches. <laughs> We got the top two ranked American women going at it. Coco Golf, Jesse Pagula, the two world number ones as well. For a look ahead, we send it back to Danny and Prakash in Toronto. All right, Steve P. It's quarterfinal Friday. We've got the American Mackie McDonald playing tremendous tennis, taking on Alejandro Davidovich Fokina, who has never stopped fighting throughout this tournament. So who do you think is going to get on through? No, he hasn't. I mean, look, he should feel unbelievable coming back from 3-5 in the third set against Casper. And on paper, look, he has a lot more experience at this level. I'm leaning towards the American, though. Mackie has just looked so confident and just kind of treating every match at this level that he's never been at just like another match. And, and the fact that he took out Rayonich so comfortably, I'm going to pick him. As we reach the business end, it's going to be an exciting quarterfinal Friday here north of the border. Danny and Prakash killing it in Toronto. Our FanDuel match preview. Alejandro Davidovich Fokina won the only previous meeting a couple years ago in Stockholm. Told Prakash when he broke Kasparu down 5-3 in the third set today, it was like a shot of tequila. Well, Mackie's going to need to bring the chaser. He is the underdog in this one right now. Customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to start making every moment more. Who are you taking, Andrea? Mackie McDonald or Alejandro Davidovich Fokina? Uh, well, I will take Alejandro Davidovich Fokina, and I'm 0-2, and uh, so everyone who is betting should probably do the opposite <laughs> of what I say every day of the every day. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like Fokina in this one as well. No disrespect to Mackie McDonald, who uh, has a shot to move up to what something like 33 in the world if he could somehow win this match, which is an accomplishment in itself. I love the way Mackie goes about his business. Uh, one of the hardest workers out there. But matchups are, are, are different. He's going to have to work so much harder on his serve against Davidovich Fokina than he has uh, had to work in the previous matchups. Uh, Fokina, I think, lost five games from, through the first two matches. Takes out Casper Ruud in a tough one. Uh, so I, I like Fokina moving forward in this. And maybe just a little bit more firepower from the baseline. All right, either way, Maggie McDonald guaranteed of a new career high at least 43 in the world. Props. So congratulations Props. to Mackie for that. It has been confirmed. We got the announced schedule. Petco's back <laughs> with me and Andy tomorrow. It's the three of us all week long. Maybe we'll keep it all year long. Who, who knows? Carlitos is moving on. The Chuckster doing big things in Toronto. Our coverage continues from Canada after this.